0: i guess we can just start you know I, i've already started recording and usually i just sort of smooth these in um i just wanted to start and sort of get an idea of uh, initially what attracted you to tesla why did you join the company uh maybe give us a little bit of background on of sort of what you know where you went to school or what your background is from a technical standpoint and then we can let the information uh, or the conversation flow from there sure
1: um where i went to school uh hardly relevant uh actually a couple of people at tesla ended up uh uh, we're at the same school, uh, UW Stout in Wisconsin. Uh, okay, I'm from Midwest. So that's okay. where it
0: was. Badger fan? Uh, what's that? Are you a badger no. fan? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I went to Penn State. So that's, what, that's why not. I asked. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I ended up, ended up living in Wisconsin longer than I wanted to. And, and man, literally the front page of the paper, I lived in Green Bay for a while.
2: Oh, okay. And
0: like
1: oh. front page of the paper one day, it was like Clay Matthews worked out today.
0: <laughs> really? are you like, serious
1: yeah let's, oh that's my. like all they had going on
0: there <laughs> yikes they so, love their packers there man they really no, do yeah yeah
1: yep they okay. really do i got i got a little too much <laughs> packers
0: <laughs> and then so what you weren't born in wisconsin were you born uh where were you where did you, you, you grow minnesota. up minnesota okay yep okay cool um, um all right so
1: how i ended up at tesla was a little unusual um our company was acquired I don't know if you, um, you can look this up if you want. Uh, it's it's all out there. Actually it's, it's still an active Tesla, uh, webpage. If you go there, um, a company called Perbix got acquired back in November, 2017. Okay. I was working there, had been working there for a couple of years at that point. Um, Tesla was a client of ours at the time. Uh, we did a couple of machine machines for them, some equipment, um, and they liked us or something, or or our, our stuff was good, and they just bought us. Okay, <laughs> so that's pretty said, awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a dream come true. You know, like I uh, I've been interested in cars for a long time, and especially EVs. In fact, just recently I was I was visiting the hometown, and I like something jogged in my memory. I was like, oh man, I I remember sitting in that room, and I applied for a Tesla intern internship in like two thousand seven. <laughs> you know, wow. I, I didn't 10 years later, I was working for the company. It was kind of crazy. Wow. So yeah, it was, it was, for me, it was like a dream come true.
0: Okay. So the company was called Privix. You said the, the one Pervix. that got first, Privix. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What kind of machines did you guys build?
1: At the time, uh, you know, it was a wide variety. We had all kinds of clients, anything from medical device to, Food and drink to to Tesla to, to filters for companies it, machines that that make those things.
0: Gotcha. So, so it's kind, is it fair to say it was sort of the machines that make that make the machines, or were they like machines that were making Definitely. the? Okay, okay, Definitely. that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so that what's really interesting about that story, like so far is that you were at a company that, uh, was previously, uh, Tesla was the client and then, uh, Tesla became, uh, the company in, in, in an, in essence, right. Cause they, they purchased the company, but so, so what was the first thing that really jumped out to you from, uh, like that was different once Tesla took over, like how did the culture change? Was that something, does something change there from that perspective that, that you noticed? I'm curious to hear about that.
1: Yeah, so we were lucky. We had a, a good group of people. So it was, um, it was over a hundred people, um, of which maybe thirty percent were engineers of various types. Uh, and you know, it was always kind of a close knit group of people. Uh, they were pretty selective in who they hired and and looked for people who would get along in the group. Um, and then that just got even closer as 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 things started to progress at Tesla. So the first thing was, you know, okay, stop all the projects for other clients, like wind those up and get them out the door and and finish those up as fast as you can. And we were acquired early November. And by the end of December, I was, you know, full-time on Tesla projects. Um, But that was right when like production on model three was starting. And that's right when production hell as, as it's called was, really hitting the fan. And, uh, so people just got sent out there. I, I had a meeting with my supervisor and I was like, what would it take for you to relocate to Nevada for an unspecified amount of time? Yeah. <laughs> and at the time I had uh, a younger kid and I was like, you know, and, and, the, my, my manager was like, just be honest, like, what would it take? uh, nothing's off the table here. And I was like, I, I would need like a, like a live-in nanny to, to help my wife. My wife's, you know, works too. Um, she, she's a professor, she teaches, she can't miss her work. She can't work from home or anything like that. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> luckily a lot of other people have lesser requirements and we're, we're able to go out there. A large, a large population of, the, of, of the people ended up living out there for quite a while. Uh, kind of split up between Reno and, and uh, California.
0: Okay. How big was the company?
1: Uh, the company that, before we got by? Yeah. Yeah. We were, we, and we've stayed about um, anywhere from hundred to 150 people, Okay. but that's not just engineers. That's, that's all types. There's uh, assemblers, machiners, machinists, um, welders, all kinds of things
0: okay what uh can you do you feel comfortable sharing uh, exactly what type of machinery you guys built for Tesla
1: it was all of it um <laughs> anything that was not you know so when we got acquired obviously we had only provided a few things um, an assembly line for from a, a drive unit or um, something to move parts in the factory um wash wash parts that needed washing um with a robot or something like that uh and in those initial six months to a year primarily what we were doing was fixing stuff that wasn't running well getting mm. it to run better getting it to run faster and i don't know if you remember but the production ramp i mean there was all kinds of yeah people just tracking like how many cars we were making um we were Doing everything we could to to increase that, uh, and working on existing equipment and making it better, and or or just tearing it out and replacing it with something better. Uh, Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. And did you end up? Sorry. I know,
1: like, sorry. Sorry, you asked specifically. (laughs) It's all good. I can't be specific because it was every part of the car. It was primarily Model Three related at that time.
0: Okay. But it was literally it could be any it could go from a m- machine that helped with the drive unit, you know, like you said, to moving parts around. It it goes down to the it could potentially be body yeah, and uh, white, trim, whatever. I mean it, it's a yeah, bunch of ba- different stuff.
1: Battery cells, battery modules, battery packs. Wow, motors, uh, bumpers, doors, you know, like just yeah. the car. Wow. Seats, dashboards, you know, all of it.
0: Dang. Were you surprised by um well, I guess what was the sense of urgency like? What when you when you were going through there. Cause I, I know like for me, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit of story about me, like when, when I was at Tesla during that time. Cause I think our, our timelines are very close to each other. Cause you were November twenty seventeen through December twenty-one, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And I was I was July twenty seventeen through September twenty twenty one. But I was on the service side. And the thing that really jumped out to me was how much attention we weren't getting <laughs> like all the attention was like manufacturing model three, especially for like the first, say from 2017 to 2019, we were basically, um, for better or for worse on an Island, you know, like we were just, uh, figure it out. Listen, sorry. We have to figure out this model three thing. Y'all got to go figure it out. The the service stuff. So, um, and the one thing I'm really curious, it's you being so close to the, to the piece of, um, trying one to, second. no problem. Go ahead.
1: I got a cat that snuck in
0: here. I it's all okay. <laughs> good. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll edit this out. It's all good. <laughs> or maybe right. we'll keep it in for fun. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> That's awesome. But like, really the, the thing that really uh, I was thinking about during that time is like, man, like we in service are barely getting any any attention. We really are, and and so. And I remember Tesla was internally asking for people to see if they were interested in helping out the Model 3 ramp. You know, These were emails that were shared and I know a lot of these became public because everything freaking becomes public when Elon sort of emails something out. What was that sense of urgency like during that ramp? Like, what, what, what are some stories that you feel comfortable sharing around the sense of urgency and sort of the stuff that you saw that you were like, holy crap, I can't believe, I can't believe what I'm seeing or why this is really standing out to me. I'm curious to hear about those stories.
1: Sure, uh, I got a good one that is non-specific. It was a a, a purchaser that um, so I'd get a quote for a part or something and, and from a from a vendor and uh, <clears throat> or this purch- purchaser would and uh, it's a favorite line of mine. He was he was meeting on the phone with a purchaser and uh, he's like, yeah. Um, the purchaser asked for a part, and the the person's like, okay yeah, we'll get back to you in like 24 to to 48. And the purchaser says hours or minutes.
0: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. It it was like
1: that. It was as high pressure as it gets. It was get it done, get, do whatever you can move, move mountains if you have to like get it done. And, uh, which was kind of great from an engineering point of view. It, It was, it was do whatever you know is right. Whatever, you know, is robust, robust, um, make it work. And you know what, whatever it costs, get it done. And that was kind of fun from a, from a, from a designer's perspective. So.
0: Yeah. Did you, did you feel like you were pulling, like how many, how many hours were you pulling? Cause I, I remember when I was there, like during that ramp, it was, it was 80 hours easy during the week, sure. like 80 hours easy. So, I'm curious about your, yeah.
1: Right. Um, <laughs> So I stayed back in in Minnesota most of the time, um, just because of my family life at the time. Yeah, I know that the people that were out there, like, <laughs> you know, uh, seventy hour weeks were were not anything to write home about. Like once you got mm-hmm. over a hundred, it was it was something to talk about. Sure. Uh, you know, like I remember one guy worked for like. Yeah. He, he worked longer than he should have. And then like sun, the sun came up and he went up on the roof of the giga factory and like had a breakfast burrito. There.
0: Oh my God.
1: Yeah. It was at the same time that, uh, that Elon was like camping up there.
0: Yeah. They had fires uh, up there.
1: Yeah. He was having campfires up there. Said, <laughs> yeah. I saw the house plants and like the remnants of the fire. <laughs> was like, no way. I just read about that. Oh my God. <laughs> so, wow. Uh, yeah. So me personally, like, I know. Actually, I went and looked, and like when I was on site, like I had weeks that were over seventy hours. But I know I wasn't recording everything. It was just like uh, here, here's something close, you know. Like at the time, it wasn't super important. Um, You did want to keep track of hours so that you knew someday when you were you were doing a a future project that was similar, you would you would know about how much time it would take to do something like that.
0: Mm -hmm. How would you compare the sort of if you're thinking about the engineering challenges that you were, that you face when say in the thick of in the thick of the ramp when when Tesla purchased the company and then compare that to uh sort of the engineering challenges you had uh before Tesla either at that company or other jobs that where um you were working on some engineering challenges how would you rate so I'm, I'm really curious to understand like how how difficult were these challenges as compared to other challenges you've had that were not Tesla and sort of the amount of freedom you had to figure out the solution. Can you can you talk me through that?
1: Sure, more often than not, especially for that first six months to a year, all the freedom you wanted, as long as you knew it would work. Um, Mm. (laughs) uh, the, The challenges are definitely difficult, but mostly because of the time constraints. Uh, in the particular area I was in, we weren't solving like new technology. There's definitely parts in Tesla where that is happening, um, where they're doing very challenging engineering tasks, and, and so were ours. Um, but mostly because it was like, hey, we need to, you know, have this machine running at two and a half thousand cars a week tomorrow, and it's currently not doing that. And what can you do in that amount of time that will fix that? So it was, a lot of it was uh, time-based challenges.
0: Okay. So it was, it was basically, yeah, because it's interesting you say that because when I, when I think about the challenges that we had to solve on the, on the service side, I would say a lot of that was that was like, there were, there were definitely low hanging fruit everywhere. Like that's the way I describe it, where. Uh, the solutions to get us to you know fifty percent faster or a hundred you know hundred times or a hundred percent faster or three x throughput in some areas were like um, low hanging fruit like it, it wouldn't be that difficult to do from an effort perspective, but like if if we, we had two weeks to do it you know but then yeah. it's like <laughs> yeah. uh, yesterday please because literally we're flooding the market with these damn cars so I can yeah. I can totally relate to that.
1: Uh, for like an example, I went to install, it was the first machine that, uh, personally I designed from like a clean sheet that we were installing and we go, we get there, um, we get there to install it. Everything was shipped ahead of time. And, uh, it's like, Oh, wait, let's put the brakes on this. We're, we're going to totally reconfigure this line. We don't know what we're going to do yet, but let's not install this. And then I was like, oh, I called up a friend. I was like, Hey, let's hang out, uh, hanging out at his apartment that he had. And like I said, a lot of people had moved out there. And I get the call at like ten o'clock at night. Uh, hey, okay, we're we're back on again. Be here by six in the morning. Develop a plan. to Have an engineer on site for install at all times. Well, I had, I was one of three engineers, <laughs> so oh, yeah. we had to have like a rotating ten-hour shift, and we had to get it done in like I forty-eight to. Thirty-six hours or something like that install this thing that was like the size of a double-decker bus Uh, (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile the line reconfiguring is happening all all around us they're cut cutting stuff down from the ceiling they're tearing out pieces of equipment and anything that wasn't working they were they were just getting rid of and uh to get the line to run better uh be more streamlined and uh working in that environment (laughs) when you're trying to install something new was A challenge. How unusual
0: is that? That dynamic is that unusual in the engineering world?
1: Oh yeah. Um, You know, from what I've heard, since now working in automotive, I've met a couple of other people that worked in other, Uh, not directly in auto um, for other manufacturers, but vendors that would supply equipment. That's not super unusual because you usually have to install something in a downtime, uh, which usually revolves around a holiday. So you got to get the equipment in while the mine operators aren't there anyway. So you usually have a very tight deadline. As far as other stuff being torn out, yeah, usually um, usually your piece of equipment is going in, and it's not the only thing there. <laughs> usually they're making room for it. Um, that's not to say, like, later on, as things progress, like, we were designing clean sheet stuff that was in- installing, you know, empty-, empty factory and stuff like that. So that's a lot easier. Um, but I would say it's probably not that unusual in the automotive world.
0: Okay. Got it. That helps. How, um, how would you rate maybe rates the wrong word? Like think about like the people that were, you're surrounded by when you were solving these solutions, either the ones that were at the company that was purchased or the folks that were at Tesla from the beginning, what, how would you describe the workforce? Like, what are some adjectives you can use to describe the workforce that you directly work with? (laughs)
1: this is. This is something you notice when you're not at Tesla. I bet you've noticed. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Let me hear it.
1: Uh, you go outside in, in the regular world and you're just like, come on. <laughs> you know, like, let's let's get something done here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, extremely competent. Uh, nearly everyone. I, I can't think of, if they weren't competent, they weren't around long. So uh, just... You know, not necessarily the smartest people in the world. Like you didn't have to be working with a genius, you just had to be working with someone that knew what they were doing and knew how to get it done. Um which I guess is you know, something to be said for that. That would be pretty smart to get stuff done.
0: Yeah, yeah. But um, I think I think what you say there though super imp- is like one thing that really stood out to me too, because I feel like sometimes what I saw was that sometimes people were too smart for their own good you know, like, oh, like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like they would be like, Oh no, we have to do it this way. This is so much better, blah, blah, blah. But it's like a mess to get it uh, put in place. And it's usually way more complex than it needs to be. Whereas the person that you describe, that quote unquote is not a genius, but like understands the simplicity that's required to get something done makes them a genius because it's like that sort of, it's, it's hard to describe. You know, I saw that All the freaking time, like people that were um, traditionally thought of as like, you know, oh, like because I worked with a lot of material handlers. I work with a lot of uh, like, like people that would be typically in the warehouse world, right. That would move product around. And um, for some reason, society doesn't view them as like, um, you know, like they have a a lot of uh, mental capabilities, whatever the hell you want to call it. Like people like they're just a, a warehouse worker. No, the hell they're not. These people are so much smarter than you think when it comes to problem solving. And that's the one thing that really stood out to me while I was working there was like the amount of problem solvers in that company is, bananas. And I don't know why Tesla, like I'm still trying to figure out like what is that essence? Because this is not a degree. This is not a master's degree. This isn't like an education thing that you went to school and have a piece of paper. These people are just naturally extremely good at solving problems. And I'm trying to figure out, is it a, is it a Tesla thing that everyone just somehow becomes a problem solver when they're surrounded in that culture? Or are these people natively problem solvers and Tesla just has a way of, of identifying these people and bringing them on board? I don't know. Like, does that resonate with you at all? Because like, I'm still thinking about that to this day
1: yeah uh definitely resonates with me um i already forgot his name that other engineer you had interviewed um charles charles yeah yeah um you know he touched Shout on charlie to, like, <laughs> charlie oh yeah he had a little... <laughs> shut up <laughs> yeah um you're given the opportunity to to sort of prove yourself and if you don't you kind of most people just kind of bubble up <laughs> and uh they end up being successful. And those are the people that stick around. I, you know, when we were acquired, there I, I remember one person in particular was just like, oh, this is a nightmare. You know, like I was like, what are you talking about? And and they're like, oh, now we're gonna have to travel all the time. And I I, I don't wanna do that. You know, <laughs> like so there was people that like just didn't fit at Tesla and they they left, or there was a couple of rounds of layoffs back then. They'd, those were the people that, that got cut. Um but as far as like the people that were at the factory that, that sort of chose that career, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what makes them special either. I, I wish it did.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's almost like I wonder if like the mission, the mission of the company being so profound. You know, like let's move humanity forward uh, by uh, you know really advancing the avenue of sustainable energy and having having somebody like an Elon that is so um, that walks the walk. You know, like he doesn't just talk it, he walks it as well. I wonder if that is part of the reason why maybe you or I or other people that were able to have a successful career at Tesla um, are are the way they are. Because for some reason that resonates with us either subconsciously or directly. And then that really inspires the workers there to just freaking bust their asses as much as they can. You know, Um, I would agree with that. Yeah,
1: that's. For me, that was part of it. Like I knew, the mission statement of the company was very important to me, and, and it's just like, this: this work matters. I'm going to put my all into this for as long as I can. Okay. Turns out that was about four years.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> what uh, what um, what made you um move on from Tesla? What was what was this this the decision behind that?
1: Sure, it, you know, it wasn't just one thing. Um, there's you know, parts of it I probably can't talk about. <laughs> sure. Um. But you know, a large part of it was home home life. Um, my wife is pursuing a, a ten year track position, and when you're working at Tesla, you, she would never admit it, but I know I got like an unfair amount of attention, you know, or or resources, time whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at it like, okay, it's, it's her time now for a little bit. Like mm. she has an, op- she got a good opportunity in her career and I need to support her for that. So that was a large part of it. Um, you know, working crazy hours all the time or, or uh, the drop of a hat being called out to the factory four States away. Uh, I got three kids. <laughs> you know, It, it yeah. was hard to do that. Uh, and then, uh, so there was just a management change at our facility that that I didn't care for, and uh, just made all that stuff worse. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, so that's okay, what
0: no, good for you, man. I mean, that's that's a amazing reason. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think I think the way you put it, where um, you know your your significant other has. In a way, sacrificed a lot to to ensure that you you know sort of had the time and the uh, opportunities to really pursue that career, right? Um, that resonates a lot with me because I can't tell you how patient my wife was while I was at Tesla. You know, like I remember, I remember the first year. Dude, she was like, she was uh, half jokingly, but I think she really wanted to do this. She wanted to make like a wife, uh, wives of Tesla workers like group so that all the wives can like get together and like vent about how <laughs> or like significant others group, you know, where all, all the significant others can get together and just uh, sort of um, uh, complain and share stories about, you know, how Tesla's keeping us away <laughs> from our <laughs> from our home duties, dude. It's like. I think she would have found a
1: lot of success with that. I think so too,
0: (laughs) man. I think, and and that's the one thing I always think about too, is like, I feel like, you know, like I don't regret one second of my time spent at Tesla ever. You know, I, I mean, for me to be completely honest, like I, I was extremely lucky in, in, in some respects, because um, even though the first, say, two to three years were ridiculously challenging, the last year that I was there, we got it to a point where it wasn't 80-hour weeks every freaking week. It was way more balanced, you know? It was still challenging, and you still, you were brain dead every time you were coming home uh, for dinner, but at least you're coming home for dinner. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah that yeah. was That was the thing that changed.
1: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> similar happened uh you know once yeah. we moved on to you know out of production hell you know the the place is no longer on fire you're not fighting battles every day yeah um we were designing new stuff new lines to be to be put in and it, that's that kind of work was much more sustainable um yeah
0: you went from Very reactive cool. to proactive basically yes, yes. Yeah.
1: yeah what was and that? i do want to talk to you about your um so you were in pennsylvania you went to austin yeah uh your, your role changed pretty, pretty,
0: it like, did.
1: Yeah. It changed a lot. Yeah, it? <laughs> it did. I can
0: talk about that for sure. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I, I, I'll because go because
1: I, uh, Austin's the one that I haven't been to. <laughs>
0: okay. Okay. You know,
1: I, uh, I have equipment there that I know that I designed, like I saw it on the internet. The other okay.
0: day. <laughs> so if I go in the factory, if I look for you, uh, did you sign it? I should look for your, uh, no, you should have signed it. <laughs> <laughs> Was it the mega press? Uh, Come on.
1: <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't the giga press though. <laughs> and far more mundane. Um, <laughs> oh, but, oh, and I'm super jealous that you've got to go to the cyber rodeo. Man.
0: Yeah, man. Like,
1: And what I really loved, <laughs> it's kind of weird, but like all the shots of all the people that had of the equipment, like that's my, that's, that's me like
0: that's That's so that's amazing. I, I was
1: just like intensely watching that stuff.
0: Dude, let me ask you this. How does that, so let me, let me explain to you what the cyber rodeo was in an essence. And I talked about this in one of my videos. It's like, I've never seen before uh, such a large collection of people that were there to celebrate engineering and machinery. Like, how does that make you feel?
1: Weird, like we're, we're awkward, socially awkward engineers, right? <laughs> you sure. know we we're used to hiding away in our cubicles, but it's also kind of awesome. Like, cause the, the stuff that we design to make is what, what makes everything possible. Like there's, you know, there's definitely, we're not the only thing that makes the, the company possible, but you know, it's weird to, to be, have that celebrated. It's, it's unusual. <laughs> um, but I love it. It's like, you know, I, I watch Monroe live all the time and like look at the stuff that he's talking about. Uh, sometimes he's holding parts that I'm like oh yeah I, I made the machine that puts that on there <laughs> yeah like, and that's just that's just an awesome feeling like we're like do you think I got that before working at Tesla like who cares about this little wine dispenser valve I was making like yeah
0: <laughs> do you do you wish it um do you do you hope that it becomes a bigger thing like how how do you think about that like do do you hope it becomes more recognized or do you think that Tesla is is legitimately a force to you know, to make this more widely known where the population actually admires and really respects the things that make things, you know, like that's, that's one thing I'm noticing. What do you think?
1: Yes. um, That's a loaded question. Uh, (laughs) From my perspective, I see a lot of, um, a lot more reshoring of manufacturing jobs, especially with COVID and supply chain. Reshoring meaning coming
0: back to the States, right?
1: Yeah. 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 Um, I don't think it's going to be like it was, you know, in the fifties where we made everything ourselves or sixties and rightfully shouldn't be, Um, but uh, seeing a lot more of that and, and those jobs like coming back and like, I I feel like Tesla was like pioneering that like the vertically, vertically integrated, you know trying to get all your resources from as close by i mean the more companies do that the more tesla proves that that's an incredibly successful business model the more companies start to do that the more manufacturing jobs are going to be available and i'm all for it
0: <laughs> yeah do you see um cuz i i agree with you cuz i i think i think that's that's a much bigger deal than people think you know i think the you know, we always talk about. I mean, you and I probably think the same here. But like, Elon Musk is truly like a like a a, a really big deal. <laughs> He's a big deal, and uh, that's one oh, of those. Have you met him? I've never met him. I I emailed him a, a few times. I emailed him. Um, sure. I, I had some advice around uh, um like full self driving and how we can label faster. I'm saying we like I still work there. How they can work, How they can uh, uh, I do what? that all the time? Yeah, I I do that. That all the time. I'm still <laughs> weeing with Tesla. I mean, it's I'm really, technically an uh, investor. I'm in a we. A <laughs>
1: Uh, your current employer.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, whatever. You know, it's, it's, it's a, uh, I remember when I left my, my company before Tesla too, I, I would always, um, you know, reference the, the name is Phillips and I would like reference we all the time in context of Phillips. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, we don't stop thinking about pet food, bro. What's your problem? You know, like they would <laughs> tease me so bad. And now I'm like weeing on Tesla all the time. Although I can justify it yep. because I am an investor. So technically... Technically I own part of it. You know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's always, uh, that's been a fascinating dynamic, just sort of seeing the different outlets and how they're viewing, um, more and more how Elon Musk is becoming a true force to, like you said, reshore manufacturing back to the States. And he's becoming sort of a shining example of what that looks like. And, you know, um, I know, I know Americans are very nationalistic. You know, I, I've, I've been a citizen since 2000 and oh my God, at least 10 years. I can't even remember when I got my freaking citizenship. It's been a while, um, but that's one thing that I've really been connecting more and more once, you know, when I learn more about the different dynamics on earth, not that making stuff overseas is a bad thing. It's a good thing. I mean, it does help everybody eventually, but at the same time, you don't want to freaking export everything. You don't want to like uh, offshore everything. You need to make stuff. Right. You has yeah. to make stuff, you know, and the Elon force of, of sort of making not just America, but each country in a way its own manufacturing force is super fascinating. And the dynamic of um, of that, I think, sort of really helps Tesla as well, because it's not so much. It's definitely an American company. But when you think about the Shanghai factory, it's really a Chinese factory. When you think about Berlin, it's a German factory, you know. Um, that's a really interesting dynamic, but America also benefits because guess what? Now we're making it too, you know, now we're making this stuff as well. I'm curious to see how much bigger it gets, you know? Yeah. It's it's a
1: very interesting strategy. You know, it's way above my pay grade, but- (laughs) (laughs) Both (laughs) of (laughs) us. I'm observing it and like, wow, you know, this is great. Like, yeah, you you definitely need international trade. It helps everybody stay friendly. Um, But yeah, like, the Shanghai factory, like they're going to be making batteries there and they're going to be getting the sort of materials for there in China. And, and we're going to be making batteries here and we're going to be getting the materials for that here and uh, the steel, the aluminum, you know, just everything. And in Berlin, they're just doing the same thing and they're doing it in each country. And one test, you know, one company is uniting it all, but they're not as interdependent yeah. anymore. Um, it's, it's very interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah. See how it all plays out? Yeah. What do you think is um? What do you think is Tesla's biggest advantage? Um,
1: the people, uh, the people and like people want to work there because they know that it's making a difference. They know that it's important to you know climate change, uh, to, to sustainability, to to all kinds of things. Um yeah it's important and you, you get a job somewhere else and you don't you don't feel like it's as important
0: yeah i agree with that 100 percent. i remember i was on i don't know if you follow um dave lee uh, on investing he's like a youtube channel that does it's, like
1: he's one of the few that i i, I gotta there's so many <laughs> yeah <there laughs> you know, are. Like, I'll, I'll watch jordan gisagi i'll watch winter all live i'll watch um your your channel you know like thank you What's another one it, there's a lot um
0: yeah, there's a lot um, of good ones out there. There Tesla really Daily, are. You know, yeah. You know, like, Mauer. Yeah, Rob Mauer.
1: There's a lot. Um he's one that I haven't haven't caught.
0: Okay. Much. Yeah. He's he he really talks about the um uh the investing side of Tesla quite a bit, but then he's also um he's somebody that really he's been invested in it since 2012 and he was one of the very first retail investors that really outlined the, the true potential of Tesla when it comes to, uh, its manufacturing capabilities. And, um, I, he was one of the main reasons why I even got interested in Tesla in the first place, because that got me to invest in Tesla back in 2012. Then I became obsessed. Then I got a chance to work at the company. And now it's like, you know, it's this crazy thing now, but, um, when he, uh, fortunate enough that he had me on his channel and he interviewed me to sort of get my I, my thoughts about having been there and sort of what my thoughts are of being an employee, having been an employee. And I gave him the same exact answer when he asked me that question. That's, I was curious to see what your answer was going to be. It's the people. Like, and I, it's very hard to, I think. It's very hard to understand unless you're there, I think, you know, because anybody could say that. And, oh, you know, we have the most talented workforce. Every every freaking <laughs> company on planet Earth will come out and say we have the most talented people. Because if sure. they don't say that, the people are going to be like, well, what the, f-, you know, what the hell? Like, come on now. <laughs> right. Like, why am I working here? Right? Every, every company right. has to say that. But I truly believe Tesla has a very unique advantage in that because because of the mission, because of the leader and because of the problems that you get to solve. That was another thing that really stood out to me is like the, the, the amount of lessons I've gained personally, um, by just being surrounded by people that also wanted to solve those problems that seemed so freaking impossible at that time. And then we overcome them is, is something that I'll take with me forever. Like I just, the, some of those lessons that you gain and not even about the technical aspect of solving something, but like, the human spirit almost. I don't even know if I'm sounding way too like woo weirdo kind of guy, (laughs) but like that to me was my biggest takeaway, you know? And I've heard, uh, the other thing I noticed too, is that a lot of uh, Tesla employs a lot of uh, ex-military. I don't know if you saw that from your end, but like there was a ton. Those some of the best. best Dude, they really were. uh,
1: We had some at Pervix, but the way they, (laughs) The way they operated once we became Tesla was like very valuable. Yeah, uh, and some some of the best. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, and and like there's, you know, I I wasn't ex-military. I don't know if you were, but I wasn't. I wasn't in the military. Um, no, no, no. I, I'm not. Okay, and uh, but like the the one thing I kept like one of the things I noticed is like a lot of these ex-military folks seem to just be very comfortable in that With the arena. Yeah, yeah, dude. Super
1: comfortable. Well, I mean, like one guy was like, <laughs> all right, I, I, I don't know if I can talk too much about what these couple of folks did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but keep they are in very ride, high yeah. pressure environments. Okay. And uh, <laughs> Tesla's like, well, okay, my life's not in danger, so this is fine. <laughs> right. Know, like, <laughs>
0: Right. Yeah. And it it was such a fascinating thing to see. And and I gained a lot of inspiration from that because, um, like, it, it was just so interesting to watch. And and the thing that stood out to me is like, okay, so like how analogous is working at Tesla? Of course, it's, there is no, there is nothing in common from being on a battlefield or trying to go to war with a country or trying to save people's lives and working at a car manufacturer. I'm not trying to draw a parallel though in, in that sense in any way. So if anybody's listening to this, please don't take this right. like as if I'm trying to draw <laughs> a parallel. But I think there is something to be said about being faced with what feel like existential, sort of um um challenges that are impacting what you're working on and then coming together to figure out how to solve those problems and then you solve them and then you share that moment together that that to me was the big thing that stood out to me working there and and um and and the people that were ex-military seemed very comfortable in that situation and they're like okay cool what's next all right cool what's yeah, the next thing yeah. you know yeah,
1: what's the what's the next yeah. Like, What's what the next
0: existential do? problem? <laughs> <laughs> you know. Definitely.
1: Definitely. Man, uh, there's something to that, yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I want to circle back to something you had said uh, yeah. about some about the people and like the problems you're working on. And there is a flip side to that that I that I don't know if you saw, but like new newer people are so eager to make their mark, right? Yes. <laughs> And it it sometimes to to the point of detriment. Yep. And you know, and you, you can't blame them. You know. Yeah. Uh, because it's it is important. And yeah, but like choose your moment, I guess.
0: Yeah, for sure. I
1: definitely saw that when I was there. Like I, I probably even did it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I was like super eager to get something done. And,
0: and, I did it multiple times. I did it yeah. multiple times. Yeah, dude, I, I, I saw that so many times. I think what's really interesting about that dynamic, um, I was fortunate enough, I, were you a people leader at all? Were you more like focused on like uh, like contributing? Like what, what was your role specifically?
1: Um, contributing for probably the first half and then um, the second half, I, I definitely had uh, some, some leadership of uh, just a couple of other engineers at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely had opportunities to do that. And then like on installs, I'd help uh, lead like the install, like organize who's going to be there. When yeah. And, um, make sure it gets installed correctly and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. So, so not,
1: I, not a ton of leadership, but
0: some. some. Okay. So tell me if you agree with this then, because I, I would much rather have an environment where that sort of e- over eagerness happens. Like, so If there's 10 new people that come in and none of them are over eager to their detriment and they start breaking crap, but then that last 10th person is like just, you know, you know how sometimes you have a person and they're just 10x, they're just 10x, like there's, I don't know what it is, but they're just 10x ability, 10x problem solving, 10x um, whatever, where even if nine people come in and break everything because of over eagerness, that 10th person is going to come in and actually give you a net benefit because of how good they are because you enabled that environment. Okay. Sure. Um, and, and, and we try to do that at our facility because because Tesla had this, again, this unique ability of just attracting this ridiculous talent um, that if we created that environment, you would really allow that 10th person or the ninth, whatever the math is, the ninth person to just blossom into this beast. We would call them beasts. Like, these are just <laughs> beasts. Like, what the hell? So, I Dude, like, to this day, I remember, I'm going to give a shout out to... Um, to many, many folks that I work with, but this one specific—the uh, interns that we've hired at our at our facility, like all all of them, beasts freaking beasts you know and uh did you did you see like how how do you think about that do you agree with that statement like do you think that is a net positive when you when you deal with it because i feel like a lot of companies are afraid to do that a lot of companies yeah. are like step one two three don't get out of line you know oh Sorry. you don't want to get noticed you know you don't want to do too much <laughs> and tesla i feel like was the opposite like can you what do you think
1: yeah um yeah i i I just wanted to caution a little bit on it. Yeah, I didn't for want sure. To like say it's no, the no, worst, no. worst thing ever. Not I, at all, not I, I, at all. I fully agree with you. It's it's definitely a net gain and yeah. More than a net gain. It's it's super beneficial. Um yeah, I mean we, we had a couple of interns as well that were just like, wow, you know, like this person, you know, it turns out when you're a college student and this can be your life, like you can just you can just kill it. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. um yeah. Uh and the responsibility that those people get right off the bat. You, you don't see that elsewhere.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, in fact, like one person, uh, I was mentoring them. Um, and when they came on board, uh, I was designing a machine. Uh, it was already being assembled when they got hired. So that person got to, uh, kind of get on the project from that point forward. And, uh, <laughs> and installs were, were, were weird. Like they they never had a good date, a fixed date as to when it was going to happen. It was like, oh, it's going to be like now-ish or or then-ish, and I was like, great. Like now-ish is before this one conflict in my this one week long conflict in my schedule where I cannot be there. Yeah, and so is (laughs) then-ish. But then it just kept narrowing in on that one week.
2: Yeah,
1: and it's just like, I can't go, guys. I can't do this. So this, this person who, you know, there's a recent college grad had to go install this machine and they had to lead the install from a, from a mechanical perspective. Now there was a project manager and there was a lead assembler, but I like had to, had to prep this person like, okay, here's, here's what you're doing. Here's the environment. You're going to see like, good luck.
0: Yeah. Here's a fire. <laughs> where, where <laughs> Dude. And that person
1: is now, uh, you know, they transferred down to Giga Texas. They're, they're going to be, you know, helping out down there. And that's hell yeah, super valuable stuff. That was 2018 that that happened. They're still here.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean that that it that says so much about how much how important it is to trust to trust people to to do the right thing and um, mass, and then the people. On, on the whole, you're going to get the benefit. You will, as a business, like if we're talk, just talking purely about numbers, you will get the benefit. You will get the benefit. And so many companies are afraid to do that, mainly, in my opinion, because of either ego or politics. Like, it's just for some reason, like, like I don't know, there's something, there's something that's uh, either human nature or I have no idea what it is. Like, people just get in the way. People get in the way. Whereas if you just create a blank sheet and you're like, okay, everybody do this, you know? And then again, that, that one or two people out of 10 will come out of that fire and become ridiculously big contributors. The, the one fear I have for Tesla is as they get bigger, so they employ 110,000 people now, you know? And fortunately, I didn't see this uh, in my org when I left. If anything, it probably got even better, to be honest, because it, it became more and more inclusive. Uh, it became more and more, um, how do I say this? We, we, we really try to broaden reach of that way of running a business even further outside of our organization. So we were even able to influence some pieces where we didn't have direct Influence on, but we're like, dude, just run it our way. Like, it's just better. Run it our way. Right. And it started to happen. But my, my one fear is that as Tesla grows from 110,000 people inevitably to 250,000 to 500,000 people, that for extreme a, size, right? Extreme <laughs> size. Exactly. Somehow that culture gets lost. Um, oh, yeah. Do you I'm, think that I'm is a system? That. I've, seen, okay.
1: I've seen, you know, some, it's it, tiny, tiny examples of it. Yeah. But I've seen it a little bit. Like, now that it's not, um, you know, save the company mode. It's, it's some, there's some room for some egos to kind of worm their way in there. Yeah. Uh, I loved like the videos I saw at, at uh, the, the rodeo because it was like the exact opposite of that. It was, it was, you saw engineers just, just telling them about their equipment. you could see like, you could see their eyes just the way they were looking at <laughs> their stuff. Yeah. There's no ego there. Um, but I've, I've seen that. Like <laughs> it was like, I was talking to some people in the California plant and they're like, Oh, you know, if you're having this problem uh, doing this one thing, we know this one engineer who's super, super good at this. Just, just contact this one person. And I wanted to be like, yeah, that, that guy, he sits next. I have hired that guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, wow. Don't tell me, <laughs> don't tell me who to seek out for that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: but uh, you know part of that was just the california that particular group of people hadn't worked with our group of people before and they didn't know what we were capable of
0: yeah yeah i i found that too like like being away you know we were located in pennsylvania i think being away from man being away from uh what was hq before so uh california was a blessing and a curse but more a blessing because any sort of like uh influences of that kind of behavior uh, seeping in from there we didn't see any of it so we were sort of blessed to be on this island because then we were just able to take the purest form of what tesla wanted to do from a problem solving perspective and whatever you know like the speed and it was completely uninhibited by that force and what was even better was that when we saw that sort of behavior try to influence us from the outside, which we saw a few times, like this, this um, again, and these are not bad people. This is just what happens, right? This is just human nature in a way. Like they would start trying to make decisions for us on our behalf or uh, things that were obviously and um, w- without the company's best interest in mind, but instead an individual's best interest in mind. But because we were so, um, Uh, almost set in our ways of like being anti-ego, anti-politics that we call that shit out so fast, so (laughs) fast that it just stopped that shit in its tracks, or we we were so loud about it that we got we got so annoying to so many people so quickly. People were like, just shut up. Like, come on, this is not a big, th-. I'm like, dude, you don't understand, you have no idea. It's gonna go from this to this to this. It's gonna grow into this freaking virus that's gonna take over this organization and we can't let it happen, we just can't. And then, and sometimes to the point where we're like, you know what, fuck them, we're just gonna do it our own way anyway. And then we almost go above them, you know, we're like, you do this thing and this cardinal, like break that you do in business sometimes, like you know, you should never go behind someone's per, someone's back. You should never, like, fuck that. Like they're doing it wrong. We, this is the right way to do it. So we're going to do it the right way. And then time and time again, we're proven right were proven right. Like, yeah, just focus on doing the right thing. Just focus on doing the right thing. That broke so many uh, unspoken rules of business to me that it was Mm. such an eye-opening experience that don't like when you worry about egos and politics, you will not get stuff done the way it's supposed to get done. Just focus on the problem and don't focus about uh, don't focus on hurting people's feelings because those yeah. feelings that they have are not really rooted in the right thing. They're rooted in self-interest. They're rooted in wanting themselves to appear better. You know, um, I don't know. I don't know how often you saw. I saw this sometimes, and it did get better towards the end. What was hilarious is that it was at its peak worseness when I joined the company when the Model 3 ramp was going and it was a disaster at first, which is widely known. Mm. But I think it's it's because of that behavior that happened. Somehow that seeped in, in my opinion, I think what happened is, um, Elon set incredibly aggressive goals. People that were there probably were not making the right decisions for the company. They just wanted some sort of stamp on their resume. And then, uh, you know, shit started not working. And Elon's like, what the fuck's going on? Like, I can't believe this is happening. And then everybody just had to sit down and figure it out. And then we figured it out. I, I, that's yeah. my theory of what happened. And like, that was like an example I think Elon had of like, you don't let egos and politics get in the way. You have to yeah. empower everybody to do the best and feelings be damned, just get it freaking done right. I'll obviously be respectful, like, like treat your uh, peers with respect, but don't worry so much about their feelings when you're making the decision, just make the decision, make the right decision and the best ideas will go to the top. I just went on a rant. Yeah. I'm so sorry, dude.
1: <laughs> wow. No, I, uh, I saw it. Um, oh. I saw it a little bit at the beginning. Ha- I had a little bit of the kind of the inverse uh, experience where it, it got worse towards the end. Um, mm. But it, there was that was present when I, when we joined. Like there was people in charge of areas of the plant and they're like, OK, I know the best way to solve this. And I'm going to do it regardless of what Elon wants, essentially. That person wasn't around very long mm-hmm. <laughs> like w- even though we were making equipment for him and like oh that person's gone okay <laughs> you know, like, yeah um okay that project's done <laughs> but,
0: yeah yeah i wonder um like how yeah it goes back to that question of like over once they reach half a million people like um Sure. I, I think they have to be very careful. And I hope, you know, if anybody from Tesla listens to this, like, honestly, guys, the, the way that Tesla works best is when people are just focused about making the right thing for the company. Don't focus about yourselves. Focus about the company. It will actually be a net benefit for you in the end, because the amount of value you're going to create, that, that value on, re- on your resume, if you do the right thing, is going to be a thousand times better than whatever value you think you have to create for yourself focus on the big picture. Focus on the big picture is gonna be helpful. And, you know, again, I'm not saying this is like a, 50% of the companies like this, it's like maybe 5%, maybe even less, to be completely honest. Um, but it's something that we have to make sure we prevent uh, from, again, we, like, I'm talking like fucking talk. You know, this is so dumb. <laughs> what other company? Oh my God. I'm like uh, over here yeah, talking. Yeah. To hey, you're a your shareholder, you're a shareholder. Your that's true, that's true. Yeah. You're welcome shareholders, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I know we're approaching an hour here and I definitely want to be respectful of your time here. So, um maybe for the last couple of questions, what do you think so what is the 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 one lasting memory you have from your time at Tesla for those 4 years? Like what is that lasting memory? That that's like, you know, when you maybe on a daily basis or however often you think about Tesla, your time there is like wow, like this this uh, uh, uh either positive or negative. What's that lasting memory that you have?
1: Um hmm. So, my last day there, uh, I went out to lunch with a with a group of engineers, and uh, I sort of asked the same question. One of them I was like, "Well, what, what did you like most about working here?" And I said, "You guys, like, mm-hmm. you, it's it's you, <laughs> like you, the, the the quality of people, the the camaraderie we all gained by going through that crazy experience out of." <laughs> production hell. Um, Just the the competency of of working with competent people is so enjoyable. (laughs) Um, Not to say that other companies don't have that or anything. But um, I'm definitely, you know, working with current people that are great, too. And it's, it's awesome. But that's what will probably just the the craziness of Tesla, how fast everything was, and how it how you could always like go, go talk to your fellow, you know, employees about it and, and just how you could help, that you could get help from them whenever, whenever you needed it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know, (laughs) that's probably not a great answer. No, it is actually,
0: it is a great answer because that, that help one, is one that I you just reminded me of. And like as soon as you said that, a flood of like a hundred memories came back where it's like <laughs> literally I'm like in in like backed against a wall with rocks being thrown my way. I'm standing on spikes and there's like a freaking ceiling coming down on me that's about to crush me. And then like literally I could just go on Teams or Skype in twenty seventeen, then we switch over to Teams. I remember that. People are like freaking out. Oh,
1: I miss teams.
0: I oh, miss Teams too. I know, so <laughs> dude. We I don't know if you guys had this, but we had like a group of like you know like a few of us on Teams that we talk to each other to like solve problems. But we try to communicate only with uh, gifts. I don't know if you ever had oh, yeah. this. Oh dude. yeah.
2: We had <laughs>
0: <conversations>. oh, yeah. <laughs> like literally, we're like, okay, like well, let's try to communicate in gifts only and only yeah. use words if you're trying to be very specific. Just because <laughs> it, it was just such a cool little play. Anyway, I'm like, yeah, I'm like yeah, Teams, yeah. Microsoft. You guys did such a good job with Teams. It's so good. Yeah, I love Teams. Yeah. Yeah. It's Teams really was good. great. Um, but like that, <laughs> that help thing is, is so true because that, that's the one thing I remember is like, it doesn't matter how it didn't matter how busy people were or like how existential of the things that were going on. Like if you really needed help, they, they would try their absolute best to help you. Like absolutely. They would set stuff aside and they would come help you. Even if it's like a that's, five minute thing, you know,
1: that's where like ego plays a role. Like you cannot, yes. you've said in the past, like keep, check your ego at the door, like ask for help. You yes because there's the people you're working with are amazing and it's you don't know this one particular little part that's fine like they're they'll want to help you
0: it's so true it's so true it's it, it, it was such a beautiful beautiful thing and and i hope it's more common in, in other workplaces too um what uh and here like for the last minute or so here what um what's your biggest advice for the company now that you've uh, left and Uh, perhaps had some time to sort of collect your thoughts a little bit like what's what's your biggest advice for the the team the leadership team and maybe the teams that you've been working with uh that you feel comfortable sharing what's your biggest advice
1: i don't i don't know that i have any or that i'm qualified to give any
0: (laughs) of course you are bro you worked there for four Uh, years of course you are uh, (laughs) yeah you're model three ramp hell bro come on give yourself some credit
1: um advice for tesla come on (laughs) uh continue on with this like um well okay that's a little bit of a selfish answer, but like continue on with this like showing the engineering like that's
2: Mm.
1: like science engineering technology technology STEM that stuff like Mm. it's 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 being helped so much by that like (laughs) people I've got uh, a a five-year-old nephew like he's like oh I want to make cars, you know. I'm like, well, hey, look at these videos of these ro- robots making cars, and like, he didn't, you know, like, he, he, we, when else are you going to get to see that if you didn't have an uncle to show him like these robots that making the cars? But with Tesla putting the engineering out there and the videos they do, like that fly through of Berlin, like that was crazy, <laughs> and
0: so badass.
1: Uh, yeah, just keep doing that, but you know, I realize that's a bit of a selfish answer. Like maybe they should <laughs> have a little more attention on like the stuff you guys did. Like, cause that was hard to, I did some of that. Um there. Uh, I don't know if you remember like Elon, Elon emails, like where like anything anybody can do to help uh, yeah. quarterly pushes and stuff like that. We would go down to the delivery center and help out there. Oh yeah. And I got to deliver a couple of cars. I got to wash cars and stuff like that. Nice. Detail some cars. It, like that doesn't get enough attention. <laughs> like, it was, it was kind of fun to deliver a car and the guy's like, Oh, so what do you do? Like at the dealership? Yeah. It's not a dealership, it's a store. Uh, (laughs) Get it right, bro. (laughs) You see that drive unit under there. I made the machine that, (laughs) that puts that there. Yeah. And uh, the guy's mind was like blown. Uh, It was really fun
0: to to do that. Yeah. That's it's so cool when you watch all these people that are such big fans of the company, like like literally like their eyes light up, you know, when when you when you tell them I, I was involved in this part of the company. I think that's one of one of the things that perhaps was most special about my time that was that is like the how people recognized like um how important the work was, but at the same time, like they were so passionate about it too. And they didn't even work there. Like they were just fans of the company or fans of the product or investors. They're like so passionate about it. And then I got to freaking be part of that mission, like that is—it's insane. It's so insane. we were
1: traveling all the time. Uh, I'm less so for me, but my coworkers were traveling all the time. And uh, I was recently talking with one of them. Uh, he's like, "Yeah, man, it, it was early days. I, I went, you know, I was in the airport, and we'd get approached in the airport all the time. Like even after Tesla, uh, what was I wearing? I must have been wearing something that had Tesla on it. And this was just a couple of months ago. I had a guy come up to me, and <laughs> I was like, Oh. What do you do at Tesla? You know, <laughs> but the, this, this one particular one of my buddy is in the airport and the guy walked up to him and started the conversation like this. What serial number are you?
0: No <laughs> way. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> like it was early on in the model three ramp. Yeah. And the guy just assumed that my coworker had a model three <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and wanted to know his serial number. <laughs> That's, That's so crazy. funny. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, I tell you, man. Like, like last week when we did the whole cyber rodeo thing, and like you know, we did a bulk, bulk bar crawl, and we had TeslaCon. What was it no, two weeks ago? Now it would have been. It was. It was special. It was special. I don't think. I'm curious to see if any other company is going to be able to replicate this because if they can, boy, they're gonna. They have a big success in front of them because this is. This is the formula. Hey,
1: what Tesla is? No.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no. I know. <laughs> like. I
1: know.
0: No. <laughs> it's almost like an impossible task. I don't know task. how
1: you would. Like, unless you go through those hard times, I don't know how you would.
0: Yep. Uh, I think about that all the time, too. Like, like the, the amount of pain that team endured to really get to where they are. Like, you're so right. Unless you go through that, you can't do this again. And that pain started in 20, 2008, it went through almost being bankrupt. The Roadster almost failing, Model S coming out, Model Three ramp hell, and then trying to figure out how to get to this point. Short sellers behind, you know, trying to ruin your company. There's so many hardships uh, yeah. that, like, the standard work like, workforce or the just the average person, I think, would be like, "Why the fuck should I put up with this? Like, this is <laughs> insane." In yeah, you talked about it, um, the
1: the FUD that that, that yes. time. Yes, uh, and like you thanked the the community out there like that's so true uh at the time i wasn't as uh into like the youtube videos uh, community Mm -hmm. and watching them Mm -hmm. but i I was certainly reading and like (laughs) yeah just thanking them that was important yeah yeah yeah
0: they had they had a huge role they really did A gigantic role. Uh, But anyway, we're uh, over an hour here, man. I want to be uh, respectful of your time. Thank you very much for uh, jumping on and talking with me. yeah. I mean, I had a blast what I keep finding about these conversations, not you're the technically the third one. So I spoke with Joe who was there for a little bit, uh, Charlie who was there for a couple of years, you that have been there for four years. So it's like, I'm, I'm like slowly ramping up, uh, how long uh, the, the workers that I talked to, the people I worked to sure. have stayed there for. Um, so that's been fascinating, but yeah, I thank you for your time. Uh, I, I hope the little one feels better soon. Um, I, I'm sure being <laughs> a parent is, I uh, wouldn't have any kids, but we have, friends that have kids and whenever the little ones get sick i know it's a it's a it's a oh, thing it's, that it's sucks yeah it sucks yeah. but uh, i hope uh, yeah, one... I, um,
1: I did want to mention like one thing that's, yeah please i don't know it's uh you think of tesla you think california texas a little bit of new york but i just wanted to highlight that there are other locations like uh, i want i want that team that i was a part of to continue to do well yes. and i want to promote that you know, team a little bit like the the Midwest Automation is what it's called. There's there's um, a couple of different sites, um, Michigan, Illinois, Minnesota. Um, you know, outside of dealerships, there there are engineering opportunities. There are other other opportunities to work at Tesla. They exist. They're out there. I don't know if people think to look for them, or I don't know. Maybe if you're super motivated to work at Tesla, you're, you're going to move to California or Texas anyway. But right, <laughs> um, I just wanted to say that those are out there look
0: for him. That's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. Go career, Tesla.com slash careers. I would sound like a freaking HR division now. Tesla.com slash careers, literally like look at the different states and countries these positions are in. It, you, you blow your mind. I remember when I joined the company out of Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, I was like, this is a typo. There's no way. There's no way <laughs> Bethlehem, Pennsylvania yeah. has a Tesla facility. Lo and behold, lo and behold, it gave me like an, op- an insane opportunity to like become a a very big piece of the puzzle that, that oh, Tesla yeah. was, like, you know, from
1: our, our site alone. I know folks that went to Berlin to, to several that have gone to Austin now to, to SpaceX, Man. to in California, to tall to the only one that I don't know anybody that's gone to Shanghai yet.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, we worked with a few folks in Shanghai, um, but nobody went there. But like you as well, we went to literally every other facility. We had people that went to, we have a facility in Tilburg, uh, Netherlands that they visited and other places as well. But yeah just uh, just an amazing thing. Thank you for highlighting that. Thank you so much for doing that cuz you're so right. Tesla has so many different buildings. It's insane and they're everywhere. They're everywhere. It's it's pretty wild. Yeah. Um yeah, man, thanks again. You're welcome back anytime. I feel like we could literally sit down and like talk for hours cuz there's so much. Yeah, there. I got some
1: stuff here. I got some notes I didn't even cover.
0: <laughs> I know. So we gotta do a part two at some point. Whenever, whenever you feel comfortable, uh, I would love you. I'd love to have you back for a part two anytime you want. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate your time again, man. Thank you so much for spending time with me. Yeah, no problem. Absolutely.